blessed morning. Our prayer is what we have sung. That we need you every moment of our lives. We don't need some of you. We need all of you. And none of us. That we will manifest you. That we will live you. That we will experience you. And that we will become you in person for others to see. Father, we ask that you help us. We are here also to say thank you for the powerful conference you give us. Thank you for the amazing testimonies. Thank you for your goodness bellowed upon us. And thank you for perfecting your word upon our lives. Lord, this morning, once again, we are in your service station. Please service us. And let us never leave here the same. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Somebody shout me a very believing amen. amen. Put your hands together, take your seat. My righteousness, oh those hands together for the Lord. That was so, so, so powerful. Hallelujah. When I was just about to come upstage, the Lord laid that song on my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. So I was contemplating singing it before or after. And when I came, I just wanted to turn to LP Jemima and tell her that let's sing, Lord, I need you. Then she picked it up. She just picked it up spiritually. I didn't even tell her anything. And that shows the power of the presence of God that we find ourselves in. I mean, I'm so excited about all the testimonies that we heard. And I'm super excited about the testimony of Aline. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. You see, I have had the opportunity of talking with her on a number of occasions. We've gone through certain things and a whole lot of other things. And the things that she's gone through. And so to see her coming to the Lord fully is a miracle. Now I want us to celebrate God for this powerful miracle. Hallelujah. We thank God for her life. And we thank God for the fact that the Lord has touched her heart. Hallelujah. She'll be 18 very soon. Yeah. And at this stage, if she gets committed to the Lord, as she has gotten committed to them, we know that something in this supernatural has happened. We thank God for a life. We thank God for all the powerful testimonies. Let's look at the testimony of hell. They are very powerful. Very, very, very powerful. That is why anytime you come into the church, you must be looking for keys. Because what keys does is that keys open doors. You see? So when we talk about, when Jesus spoke about the fact that I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, he's talking about giving you empowerment to enter into accesses. Because the blessings of God are coded. Don't forget this. When you read the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3, Ephesians 1 verse 3 talks about the fact that the blessings of God are coded. When God released the blessing in Genesis chapter 1 and it was Genesis chapter 2, and it was not coded. Satan came and twisted it. So in the kingdom that we are now in, 
The blessings of the Lord are coded. Bible says that, and blessed be the Lord God, the God of our Father. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at that. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the blessings have been coded in spiritual blessings. You see, that is why you need a key. Because it is the keys that unlock the spiritual blessings so that you have it tangibly. You need money, right? You need marriage. You need the fruit of the womb. You need healing. But those things have been coded spiritually. You know, we read the Bible. Bible says that the silver is mine. The gold is mine. Okay, but why don't I have it? Because it is spiritual. It is like if I say that I put money in your account. If I put money in your account, it is up to you to use your ATM or to use your check to make it tangible. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the blessings of the Lord have been spiritualized. And it is the keys of the kingdom that gives us access to them. So the healing that you are believing God is, is, look at that. He said it is a spiritual blessing. It is in heavenly places and it is in Christ. So that Satan can't have access to it. But you and I can have access to it. But then our access is the keys. So anytime you come and then you receive the keys. Number one, when you come, look for keys. Number two, when you receive the keys, apply them. If you have a key and then you get behind your door and then it is so cold, very chilly. It's a winter Sunday morning or it's a winter. You have returned just from your shift and then you are freezing and you have your key and then you are standing in front of the door and then you say that I'm freezing. And they say, where is the key? He said, this is the key. People will think that you are crazy because you have to use the key. The problem is that many people receive the keys, but they don't use it. Right. Before I share a very powerful short message with us this blessed Sunday on how to receive the kingdom of God part two. That's what I'll be talking about, how to receive the kingdom of God part two. I want to introduce these powerful, um, uh, this powerful man and woman of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. And they are from another ministry that is transiting into assemblies of God. Yes. And so we've had the opportunity. We had a meeting together with assistant superintendent. And um, we are eventually going to parent them. Hallelujah. Yeah. We are going to parent them and then hold their hands and then walk them through the process and then birth them as an Assemblies of God ministry. And so today... We have in our midst, we have Pastor Everest. Pastor Everest is the assistant pastor in Rehoboth Ministry Church. And he is the assistant to the powerful woman of God, Bishop Solange. That is Bishop Solange. Come on, let's celebrate the woman of God and the man of God. Hallelujah. So, Bishop Solange is the lead pastor of Rehoboth Ministry, which we will birth into an AG, and then assisted by Pastor Everest. Hallelujah. In the course of time, you'll be seeing them over and over. Amen. So, uh, Bishop Solange called me on, was it on Friday? Yeah, on Friday, and said, Man of God, we want to come home and visit for first service. And I said, you are more than welcome. Hallelujah. And so we are duplicating and birthing and increasing. We bless God for your life, Bishop. 
and then man of God, hallelujah. If bishops are in the house, pastors must not preach, but for today, permit a pastor to preach. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. All right. How to receive the kingdom of God. Part two. How to receive. Are you ready for some keys? Yeah. Very short, powerful message. I want you to take notes as much as you can, you know. So, we have been talking for a couple of weeks now. We've been talking about the kingdom of God is here. Amen. We've been talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. All through the ministry of John the Baptist and Jesus, the message they preached was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And I've told you from the beginning when we started this series that the kingdom of God is the placement facility of the redeemed child of God. You know, it is the placement facility. If somebody does something wrong and they arrest the person to put the person, they want to incarcerate the person. Where do they put the person? In prison. You see, it is the resident facility of, of wicked or whatever people. Do you understand what I'm saying? People who make certain mistakes or people who the society thinks are dangerous, whether it is true or not, for some reason, that is their placement facility. So there is always a placement facility for every group of people. Now, when God created Adam and Eve, he created a placement facility for them. And then we said that the placement facility that God gave to Adam and Eve was the Garden of Eden. Now, so when we became born again, the Lord didn't just leave us gallivanting around or, or wandering. You know, when, when, you see, <laughs> when you see an animal, the, the other day I was making a comparison. Now, when you look at the number of animals that are killed on the street, okay? Stray animals that are killed on the street. You will barely see a dog or a cat, okay? Even though sometimes it happens, but then you barely see it. But most of the animals that are killed on the road are what animals? The deer, the bush animals, right? Why? Because they don't have any, they don't have any facility. You see, the dog is kept in a home. So it is difficult for the dog to just be hit by any car. You see, except some, something happens. Now, but for the deer and then the raccoons and all that, all that, all that. One day I nearly hit one. Amen. <laughs> it is another story. So, so, when the Lord redeemed us, he did not leave us to gallivant around. No. He created a kingdom. And it is called the kingdom of God. And he placed us in that kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. It is the place of our citizenship. Let's read this scripture in the, in the, in the NLT. John 15, 19. Look at the gospel of John, chapter 15. And verse 19, in NLT, very powerful. The world would love you if you belong to it. But you don't. I chose you to come out of the world. And so it hates you. So you see, when the Lord chose us, we don't belong to the world again. So he needed to put us in a place. Here we are, he has chosen us. You see, the reason why Satan is angry at you is not because of your beauty or anything, no. Just because God loves you and he has chosen you. If God has not chosen you, you see, that is why people come, sometimes people come and they go like, Papa, I have a lot of challenges. I said, what were you expecting? You see, I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of troubles. I have a lot. It is because the Lord chose you. You see, because the Lord chose you, if the Lord did not choose you, you don't have any problem with the devil because you are his own. 
The devil only destroys his own. He doesn't fight his own. Take note of that. The devil does not fight his own. Because if he fights his own, his own will run away from him. He destroys his own. Do you, do you get a difference? So the devil will entertain his own and at an unspecified time, then he destroys them. Because that is his mission. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he doesn't fight his own. That is why sometimes it will be like a believer and an unbeliever at a, a, at a place. And every time the believer is having troubles. But the unbeliever, so you go like, is it becoming a believer that is good or becoming an unbeliever that is not? Do you understand it? So uh, I pay my tithe, but things are not working. Uh, um, I eat well, but my health is challenged. But this guy who doesn't go to church, and sometimes those guys will tell you that even me who doesn't go to church, I'm better than you. You see, they don't understand that the enemy is that the enemy doesn't fight his own. The enemy is grooming them for destruction. If you have a chicken, do you fight the chicken? No, you prepare it to eat it. Uh, are you getting it? But then, if another person's chicken comes, you say, go, 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 go. You begin to drive it away so that it will not. If your chicken is making a mess in your garage, you are okay because you know that you eat it. No matter what happens. So the devil doesn't fight his own. The devil prepares his own to destroy them. So when you are there with an unbeliever and it looks like the unbeliever is thriving. It looks like the unbeliever is excelling. And it looks like every now and then there is trouble. There is a, a, a battle in your relationship. There is a battle in your health. A battle in your finances. Don't worry. It is because the Lord loves you. You must only be worried when nothing comes against you. That is why the Bible says that if all men love you, then you got to be worried. Praise the name of Jesus. So, the Lord placed us in this kingdom called the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So, our citizenship. Now, Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Look at Philippians 3 20. He said that our citizenship in NLT. The same Philippians 3 20 in NLT. For our conversation. Now, give it to me in NLT. This is King James. Now, uh -huh, look at the NLT. He said that. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. So when you became born again, when we became born again, the Lord, even though we are on the earth, is like somebody in America who originally was not American but now is an American. That is how the story is. So we were in the world, but... We now changed citizenship and we assumed the citizenship of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the source of all our strength. It is the source of all our provisions. It is the source of all our power and our authority. Outside the kingdom of God is death. It's important we understand it. For the believer, you see, when Adam and Eve came out of the garden, when the Lord told them that the day you sin, you will die, when they sinned, when they disobeyed God, they were outside the garden of Eden. So outside the garden, outside the kingdom is death. John 15, once again, 4 to 7. One of my favorite. Where is L.P. Shana? Where is your leaf? Did you bring your leaf? John 15, 4 to 7. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is cut from the vine. Or it, can you do something about my sound? I don't like my sound. It, it, it looks so far away from me. Yeah. Now, 
Look at it. He said that for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed or it is cut from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Look at the next verse, verse 5 and 6. He said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So the best we can do without God is nothing. Now look at the next verse, verse 6. He said that anyone who parts himself from me, hey, when we come out of the kingdom, is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers. Such branches are now later on gathered into a pile to be burned. You see what, I'm, what I was talking about? So the enemy does not fight his own. He burns, he destroys his own. And then finally in verse number 7, look at verse 7. He says that, but if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like. My goodness, and it will be granted. Say, my requests are granted. Why? Because I'm in the kingdom. Say, because I'm in the kingdom. So you see, if there is any subject matter the believer must be so interested in, it is the subject matter of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, if you become a citizen, originally you were not from America, and now you become a citizen of America, you, in order for you to enjoy all the privileges and the right, you must learn about the privileges and the right. What it means to be a citizen of America. And then you can enjoy the benefit. In the same way, if there is anything that we got to understand and appreciate and learn as the redeemed of the Lord, I think it is better. It is better than before. As the redeemed of the Lord, it is Everything about the kingdom of God. Now, it is so important that one day Jesus made this emphatic statement in John 6, 33. How emphatic it was. He said, it is so important. Everything about the kingdom must be a priority. Because, listen, if that is where your source is from, wisdom just demands that you must know everything about it. If that is where your power is from, you must know everything about it. If that is where your provision is from, you must know everything about it. So Jesus said, give me in King James Version, the true bread of God is the one who, John 6, sorry, Matthew 6.33. Look at Matthew 6.33. Whichever version, NLT or King James, I don't mind. But, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's so important that Jesus is saying that you can seek everything, but before you start looking for everything, seek first the kingdom. You see how important the kingdom is? Are you with me? Are you tired? Hey, but I don't know why you are so quiet on me this morning. Even when I ask a question, you don't respond. <laughs> you see, it is so important that Jesus said, amongst all the things that you are seeking, he's not saying that don't seek. He says seek. But first and amongst all, seek the kingdom of God. Why? Because it is the source of our strength. It is the source of our provision. It is the source of our power. It is the source of everything. So when you seek it first among all other things, everything will fall in place. It is the source of all our provisions. It is the source of all our power. It is the source of all our freedom. Everybody on earth needs freedom. It is the source of all our peace. 
And it is the place of preparation for eternity. Now, as much as the kingdom of God is so powerful, we don't work for the kingdom of God. Is it not powerful? Is it not beautiful? The kingdom of God is so powerful. It is where the Lord placed the believer. But we don't work for it. It is not something that we work for. We don't pay for it. We don't travel for it. But we have to receive it in order to access it. So you read the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 17. It's so important we understand that we don't work for the kingdom of God. No, we don't work for it. We receive it. It is not something that we have to travel for. It is a gift, but we got to receive it. So look at Luke 18 and verse 17. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God. So the kingdom must be received. You must receive the kingdom in order to enjoy the accesses. Because God is interested in giving it to you and I. When you read Luke chapter 12 verse 32, Bible said that, Luke 12, 32, Bible said that it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. He said, oh, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So the Father wants to give us the kingdom, but we got to receive it. So we don't work for it, we only receive it. So that is what we have been talking about in the past couple of weeks. That how do we receive the kingdom? Now, listen to this statement very well. The fact that you are born again doesn't mean you have access to the kingdom. Take note, and I'll explain. You can be born again without having access to the kingdom. Do you know that Moses was promised the promised land, but he never got to the promised land? Praise the name of Jesus. The Lord told him, he said, go and take the people and bring them into the promised land. But he never arrived at the promised land. He had the promise, but he never... Now, and then in John chapter 3, from verse number 3 and 5, we are also told that there are those who see the kingdom, and there are those who enter the kingdom. So you can be born again to see the kingdom, but you may not access or enter into the kingdom. Bible said that Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then in verse number 5, he said, Except a man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter, enter. So there are those who are seeing the kingdom. You can be born again. When you are born again, you will see the kingdom. But when you want to access the kingdom, then you need to go beyond just being born again into knowing what it means to access it. And that is what we've been talking about. So we said that, the first thing to do in order to enter into the kingdom. Of course, you got to be born again to even see the kingdom. But to enter into the kingdom, the first thing that we got to do, which we spoke about, is by repenting. Mark 1.15. By repenting. You see, we've spoken about that. That was a whole service day message. And then the second one that we spoke about last two weeks Sunday is by converting into a child. So the first week we said, by repenting. That is changing your mind, seeing things from the perspective of God and all that. Now the second thing that we spoke about is by converting into a child. And that was last two weeks' message. 
and it was so, so, so my dear to my heart. Because when we, spoke, when we spoke about it, I explained that the word convert means to break down into an acceptable unit. For example, here in America, we use pounds, okay? For weight, we use pounds. But in United Kingdom and other places, they will use what? Kilograms. So if you want to get it acceptable in America, you have to convert from kilograms into what? Pounds. It means that you convert it. So the word convert means break it down into acceptable unit. The acceptable unit. And God, Jesus was saying that in order for you to receive the kingdom, you have to be broken down from an adult into a child. Look at, now this is for the first uh, week that we, we did it. But look at Matthew 18 and 3. Matthew 18 and 3. He said, Except you are converted, you see, and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we got to be broken down into acceptable unit. Now, as I was pondering over this, the Lord gave me three points under this, which I didn't share last two weeks. So you can quickly write it and add it. Why does the Lord want, to, want us to be converted into children? In order to receive the kingdom. Now, write these three points down. And then add it to last two weeks message. Number one. Because of such. Of such belongs the kingdom. Because of such belongs the kingdom. Of such belongs the kingdom. Matthew, Mark 10, 14 says that. For of such belongs the kingdom of God. Of such belongs the kingdom means that. It is unto those that are converted as children that can access the blessings and the benefit of the kingdom. Number two, that the Lord told me was that because God can trust children more than adults. Yeah. You know that God can trust children more than adults? Look into the Bible. Every time that there were adults and children and God wanted to speak, the Lord will always speak to the children. Yeah. It shows how much God trusts children. That is why he wants us to become like children. In the book, I'll give you one example. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 2, all the way to 8. You can write the scripture. 1 Samuel, chapter 3, from verse number 2, all the way to 8. There were two people that were sleeping in the temple. Samuel, who was about six years old, and then Eli, the, the elderly prophet. But the Lord bypassed, bypassed Eli and then called Samuel. They were, the two were in the temple. Bible said that the Lord called Samuel. The two of them were sleeping in the temple. But the Lord bypassed the adult and called the child. And then the third reason why the Lord wants us to be converted into children in order to receive the kingdom is because those who receive the kingdom as children do not disappoint God. Yeah. Anytime people receive the kingdom as adult, they disappointed God. Example number one, Adam and, exam, ex, ex, Adam and Jesus. You know, Jesus is called the last Adam. When Adam came, Adam didn't start from a child. Adam was just created an adult. He appeared an adult. God said, thou shalt not eat this fruit. He ate it. He disappointed God. When Jesus came as the last Adam, and he started as a child. He got to a place. He said, I have 
finished. He said that it is finished. It means that he completed the assignment without disappointing God. I give you a second example. The second example is the first king of Israel called Saul. Saul didn't, we didn't see the Lord grooming Saul from infancy. All we saw was that Saul was an adult, that the people wanted a king. And then in, in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and chapter 10, the Lord made Saul king of Israel. He disappointed God. When the Lord found David at the backyard as a little boy, and he started training him. In fact, when the Lord even selected David, David was so young that his father and his family didn't think that he could be the king. The Lord found him. And he became, up to today, up to today, his name is still in Israel as King David, as the throne of King David. So anytime God receives children, he, he knows that they will not disappoint. In other words, if we receive the kingdom as children, we will not disappoint God. And now I, I was also reading and I found out that when God called Abraham at age 75, because he was an adult, the Lord took 40 years to break him to become a child. He called him in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 12, the Lord now said, now I know. Why did it take so long? Because when you are an adult, the Lord will have to break you. That is why we have to break ourselves. If you want to enjoy and experience the kingdom of God, you need to be converted as a child. And we spoke about that. Now today, the third thing or the third way of receiving this powerful kingdom so that we can have access to it is by believing the gospel. Tell somebody, believe the gospel. Yeah. Mark 1.15. Is somebody with me? Mark 1.15. Now, and saying, now when you start reading from probably verse 14, he was talking about the preaching. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Did you see that? He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, give me the next verse, verse 15. And saying that time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So when you have finished repenting, when you have been converted to a child, the third thing that you need to do is to believe the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. That is all. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. It talks about the good news of Jesus Christ. Look at that. He said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God which he promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And verse 3 says that concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh. So the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ came to do, the payment that he came to pay, the punishment that he came to take on our behalf, and the redemption package he has given us so that we will not suffer it. That is the gospel. So anytime you hear the gospel, the gospel, it is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel means the good news. What is the work that Jesus came to do so that you and I can be free? That is what is called the gospel. In fact, if you really want to know what the gospel is, write the scripture down. When you go home, I want you to take time and then read it. 
First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. It talks about the, it breaks down the work that Jesus came to do. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, all the way to 8. So, Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel in order to access the kingdom. In order to receive the kingdom and in order to enjoy it. So, what does it mean to believe the gospel that Jesus came to preach? There are two kinds of believing. When we talk about belief, there are two kinds of believing. Now, the first one or the first level is when you come to understanding, but you do not allow it to affect your life. Are you getting it? Believing is coming to an understanding of something and appreciating it. That is what believing is. So if we say that you believe in something, it means that you understand it and you appreciate it. But the first level of believing is believing or understanding and appreciating it, but you don't allow it to affect your life. It's like Satan and the demons. They believe that God is, they know, but they can't change. Not that they will not change. They can't change. When you read the book of James chapter 2 verse 19, Bible says that Satan and the demons, he said you believe that there is one God. You do well. The devils also believe and they even tremble, but they can't change. So that is the first level of believing. Where And there are many people like that. They believe it, but they don't allow it to affect them. They understand it. They know that it is real. They know that, like somebody with all whatever, like people who smoke, they have written it on it. That cigarette smoking can be cancerous or whatever. They, they see it. They believe it. It's not that they don't believe it. But they will not allow it to affect them. It doesn't deter them. No, 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 no. Are, are you getting what I'm talking about? So, that is the first level of believing. Where you believe, but you don't allow what you believe to affect your life. That is not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about the second belief. And what is the second belief? That is the belief where you allow what you believe to impact your life. It is an all-encompassing commitment. It's like it affects you. What you believe affects you. What you believe changes you. That is what Jesus was talking about. When he said believe the gospel, it means that let the gospel impact you. There are people who believe the gospel. If you go into the Islamic world, they will tell you that they believe that Jesus is a Messiah. Jesus is a prophet. But they don't believe him. I mean, they believe that Jesus was sent from God. He is a prophet. But they don't believe him as the Messiah. They believe, but it doesn't affect them. Are you you getting what I'm talking about? So there is the first level of believing That is not what Jesus was talking about. When he said, repent and believe the gospel. There are many people who believe the gospel. You ask them, do you believe in heaven and hell? They say, yes. Are you allowing the gospel to change you, to put you on heaven road? No. So they believe, but there is no impact. But the belief that Jesus was talking about is the one that will have an impact in our lives. Matthew 13, 23. It talks about the kind of belief that Jesus wanted us to believe. Matthew 13, 23. He that received the seed into a good ground. Look at that. Is he that heard the word. We heard the gospel. We understood it and also bore fruit. In other words, we applied it. In other words, 
we applied it. And then we bring forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, so write these three things down. Number one, to believe in this capacity is to understand the gospel. You got to understand the gospel. When the gospel is preached, or when they talk about the gospel, you must understand it. What is the gospel? Like I explained, the work that Jesus came to do. You see, there are many believers, if you ask them what is the gospel, they don't even understand what the gospel is. But the gospel is the good works that Jesus came to do. The payment that he came to pay. We were bound for hell because of our sins. We couldn't pay. And then he came and with his precious life and blood, he paid for it so that we don't have to pay for it. We only have to receive the payment certificate. Somebody has paid for it. You don't have to pay for it again. That is the good news. We got to understand it. Many people are not able to defend their faith because they don't even understand what they believe. Yeah. They don't even understand what they believe. The gospel is the work that Jesus, the finished works that Jesus came to do. Number two, the kind of belief that Jesus is talking about, which is an all-encompassing belief, Understanding the gospel, number two, trusting it to be beneficial. I don't believe this thing. I don't believe this thing. One day somebody, I heard somebody ranting on on one of the social media. How can the blood of one person save all? You see, uh, they, are, they, have been, they have been, their conscience have been seared. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the God of this world has blinded them. So in seeing, they cannot see. So when you believe, when you understand it, then you trust. Now, I want you to do me a favor. Can you stand up? Just wherever you are, stand up. Okay. If you can't, don't worry. Now, then do me another favor. Please sit down. Okay. When you were sitting down, how many of you looked upon your chair? Nobody looked upon their chair. Why didn't you look upon your chair? You trust it. You trust that it is still there. You trust that it will not break. You trust that nobody has put some knife on it. Did, did, did you look back on your chair when you were sitting? So when we talk about trust, it's like, you know, it's like totally resting on it, knowing that it will never fail. You see, it will never fail. That is what the word trust is. It's like, I don't, I don't think about it. I don't care what people say. I don't care all the heresy that people say, I fully bank on it. It's like I depend totally on it. I depend on the finished words of Christ. Some people say that, well, Jesus, Jesus was a bastard. People, even when you go to Israel right now, there are people who don't believe in Jesus. You know? But the question is, why don't you trust it? If, you, if we appear on the other side, when I went to Thailand on missions, one of the things that I heard over there is that you know, they don't believe, all these Buddhists, they don't believe in a creation by a God. They believe in evolution. And they believe that when you die, you will come back as another thing. And they believe that in this current life, if you are a man, it means that in your previous life, you did very well. Yes. So when you go to all those places, women work extra hard. Not working as in the companies. No, 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 no. Suffering themselves. You know, suffering themselves. 
doing so many things in order that when they die, they may come back as men. You see that you are saying, mm. hallelujah. <laughs> it's amazing. They will shape all their hair. They will do everything. They will do everything. They will go to the monastery and do everything. And then for the men, the more work you do, the more when you, when you die, you come back as a better element than a human being. Yeah. You cannot become like a star in the firmament. Yeah. You see how people have been lost. Praise the name of Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they are working hard. They believe that if somebody amongst your family is sick, you can go to the monastery and then starve and then work there and then peradventure. Your payment will help the person. Yeah. They believe in all manner of things. One day I'll teach you about all those things that the people. So you trust it means that you totally bank on it. This was the problem of Samson. He trusted in the wrong laps. Yeah. Samson trusted, but he trusted in the wrong laps. Hallelujah. When Delilah's hand was up in Samson's hair, Samson thought, I have found the love of my life. Samson didn't know that it was a wrongful trusting. One day, there was a very pathetic story in the book of First Kings, no, Second Kings chapter 6, where the Bible said that there was so much famine that a woman brought her son to be killed and eaten. Can you imagine if the son thought that the mother was going to kill him? He believed so much in the mother. You see, I'm talking about what trust, what trust has done to other people. But we have to put that same trust in the gospel. Believe it. The reason why people can't defend the gospel is they don't trust it. That is why you are not able to share it with your friends. You know that this person is going to hell. You can't share it with the person because you don't trust it. Don't tell me that because you come to church, you trust it. If you trust something, it shows in your actions. When I told you to sit down, your trust in the chair made you not to look at it. Hallelujah. If you trust in this gospel, you'll be able to share it over. So, understanding the gospel, trusting it to be beneficial, and acting according to what it says. Acting according to what it says. Acting according to what it says. When you do these three things, these two benefits will accrue to us in the kingdom. Number one, we will be guaranteed of our citizenship identity. We will be guaranteed of our citizenship identity. And what is the citizenship identity? The identity of the righteousness of God. We don't receive the righteousness of God by works. We receive it by believing. So when we believe the gospel by understanding it, by trusting it, and by acting according to it, we receive an assurance of the righteousness of God. When somebody, when a man marries a woman, the woman assumes the identity of the man. No wonder Christ calls the church his bride. 
Because we receive his identity, which is called the righteousness of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and verse 21. He said that if anybody be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are become new. And then in verse number 21, he said, For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when you become, when you come to believe in the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, by understanding it, by trusting it, and by acting according to it, you assume the identity of the kingdom. Now you are called a kingdom citizen. All the benefit come to you. To be called a kingdom citizen means that you are the righteousness of God. You lose your original identity. You lose your sin nature. You lose the capacity that the enemy used to know you after. Now you are not known after the flesh. Verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said, wherefore know we no man after the flesh. Yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we know no more him like that. So when we understand and we receive and we believe the gospel, our true identity. John 1.12 As many as received him. Look at John 1.12 As many as received him. To them gave he power to become. You see? He gave them power to become. That is the power of attorney, the power of change of citizenship. So our identity is now refined and we are no more after what the enemy used to know us, but we become the rightful identity of Christ. And the, right, and the word righteousness means right standing with God. So we are right with God, not because of we, but because of what he has done. And that is why we have to believe. So you believe, and then the devil will tell you, but you've done this, A, B, C, D, E, F. But then you tell him, yes, I was, you see, usually when women marry, right, and then they are now applying a certain official, whatever, there is always a place called maiden name. Maiden name, right? Now, maiden name was, what were you called before you assumed your current status. Do you understand it? Now, when we trust, when we believe the gospel, we are no more in our maiden name. We are now in our marital name. And what is the marital name of the kingdom child? The righteousness of Christ. That is your surname. Yeah. Your surname as a child of God is the righteousness of Christ. Your surname as a citizen of the world is Nikki the sinner. Uh-huh. When the devil looks, looked back at you before you became born again, he used to call you Solomon the thief. Hallelujah. He used to call you. Put your name there and put what you used to do. Uh -huh. You see that you are saying mercy. Because our, our original maiden name was dangerous. Patience there to be continued. Hallelujah. So that was our original name. You see, and your original name will never give you access. Please listen very well as I wrap up. Your original name will never give you access into the blessings of the kingdom. 
That is why when we came into the kingdom, he had to give us a new identity. But we got to receive, we got to believe the kingdom, the gospel, and then it gives us that original identity. The man called Jacob had been blessed, but Jacob never saw the blessings because of his identity until he encountered the Lord in Genesis 32. In verse 24 downwards, and Bible said that he wrestled with the Lord. And then in verse number 28, Genesis 32 verse 28, and he said, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob. Because your, your original identity will stop you from everything that was made for you. So when we believe the gospel, it gives us our current status called the righteousness of God. Now, we are entrusted with a citizenship certificate. And we are said that now from today, you are no more a citizen of this country, but you are a citizen of the United States of America. You are no more a citizen of the world, but you are now a citizen of the kingdom. And the evidence of your citizenship is the righteousness of Christ. So when the devil sees you, and the devil comes against you, and the devil tells you, don't qualify. Tell him, listen, I don't qualify by you because of what you think I've done. But I qualify by my citizenship certificate. Do you get it? Your qualification is by your citizenship identity. And that citizenship identity is called what? The righteousness of Christ. That is why, don't let the devil lie to you. The devil can come to you and tell you last year, because of A, B, C, D, E, F, you don't qualify. Tell him, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the Can you convince yourself? Say, I am the righteousness of Christ. We don't, listen, if we were to work for the righteousness of Christ, nobody will get it. Because our righteousness are as filthy rags before the Lord. So he gave it to us as a gift. We believe the gospel, we receive it, then we walk boldly. It doesn't matter. Ah, but you are a black man. Yes, I'm a citizen of the country. You are a white man. Yes, I know some white men that are citizens of Ghana. Because they decided to naturalize in Ghana. It doesn't, like, listen. Certain things around you doesn't change that. If only you have naturalized. And by believing the gospel, we naturalize as citizens of the kingdom. As citizens of the kingdom. Ah, can you shake hands with a citizen of the kingdom? Say, I celebrate you, sis, citizen righteousness, Agnes. Come on, shake somebody and refer to them as their citizenship name. Righteousness, Eric. Hallelujah. And number two, what is the second benefit of believing the gospel? The second benefit is that when you believe the gospel, it puts you in the class of God. Do you are you with me? It puts you in the class of God. Now look at these three scriptures. Number one, Mark 9, 23. I'm so happy that I'm seeing so many citizens. Righteousness, 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 bright. Righteousness, Oliver. Hallelujah. Righteousness, patience. Righteousness, a siyama. Isn't that powerful? The devil looks at you and says, hey, look at that girl. Um, Ophelia, look at how bad she is. And then the Lord looks at you and says, righteousness, Ophelia. Ay, 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 Listen, this is why. This, 
One day, two of my children, um, um, Danny and then Inshira, they traveled to Ghana. You know, you know Danny and the, the sister Inshira, they traveled to Ghana. When they got there, they went to the American embassy to report that they were in. And then they told them, in the course of any evacuation, we will take your brother, we will leave you. Because of citizenship rights. <laughs> same mother, same father, same DNA, same everything. But they said, because of citizenship rights. That is why if you understand this thing that I'm, call, I'm talking about, the citizenship identity of the righteousness of Christ, you will never let the devil molest you or deceive you. You walk boldly with your chest out. You walk, you walk boldly. Ah, the owner of the earth says that you are part of his crew. My goodness. You walk with your chest out. Now, Jesus said, so the second thing is, it puts you, when you believe the gospel, it puts you in the same pedestal with God. Why? Because Jesus said unto you, if only you can believe, how many things are possible? Come on, flow with me. How many things are possible? Okay, so if you believe, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. Look at the second facet. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus said unto them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, how many things? Now, so the first scripture said that if you believe, all things are possible. And this one is saying that with God, all things are possible. So when you believe, you are with God. All things are possible. You walk in the class of God. You become the representative of God upon the earth. You become the right ambassador of God upon the earth. Bible says that at that point, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. When the first time I was coming to America, some, some, some years back, some years back, all I needed was to go to the embassy. And the ambassador over there, representing the United States of America, will say that I allow you to go. I didn't need the president here. I needed the approval of the ambassador. Why? Because he had been appointed by the president. When you understand and your belief puts you in the pedestal of God, you represent God in your family. You represent God in your company. You represent God in the vicinity. You become the, you become the express image of God. Bible said that the earnest expectation of the creation awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. He's talking about the people that have come to believe. So you appear at a place, they say things are not working. You say, I didn't come here alone. I came with God. Listen, God is a spirit. God doesn't work in vacuum. He works through vessels. The, listen, the reason why you, you are an interested commodity between God and the devil is because God will not work on earth without a vessel. Satan can't work on earth without a vessel. So Satan needs this body. God needs this body. When you open up to God, the Lord uses you. That is when we say that the Lord is using this person. The Lord uses you because the Lord wants to use a vessel. I pray that God will touch somebody today. I pray that you be that vessel that God will use in Jesus' name. Now, finally, in Mark 11, 20 to 23, Jesus said, have faith in God. 
When they saw the fig tree had dried up, verse 21, Peter recalling it back to memory told Jesus, the fig tree is dried. Verse 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. When you believe, it means that it has given you that faith in God. It has made you to access and see things the way God sees it upon the earth. The benefit of receiving the kingdom by believing cannot be overemphasized. And I pray for people. I pray for you. Those hearing through the podcast. Another means that God will empower and strengthen us to believe. Say, Father, help me to believe the gospel. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. The mighty name of Jesus. That the Lord will empower us to believe the gospel. Many people are in the kingdom but they don't believe the gospel. So they are not accessing it. But you want to access the kingdom. Then you must believe the gospel. When you believe the gospel you understand it. When you believe the gospel you trust it. When you believe the gospel you act according to it. When the Bible says, the word says this, ABC, you apply it. That is what it means to believe the gospel. By believing the gospel. By repenting. By converting like a child. By believing the gospel. Lift up your voice and pray. 20 more seconds. Lord, that I will believe the gospel. Lord, that I believe the gospel. Push it for me. I believe you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, Jesus, you're Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, please give me the grace to believe absolutely the gospel, to have access to the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on, put those hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ. case you are here you are not born again you want to have a relationship with the lord jesus 
would you please lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. You want to confess Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Just shoot up your hand and I will pray with you. It is one of the greatest facets or one of the greatest things that we can do to openly confess Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. In case you are not born again, would you lift up your hand and I'll pray that prayer with you. All right, trusting God that we are all born again. We bless the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, please remember our prayer line will be active from 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. And also, we'll start, uh, we'll be on in service on Wednesday. I'll be talking about the value of the kingdom. And then from the value of the kingdom, we'll be talking about the principles of the kingdom. Very loaded. I want you to be part and parcel of all. So the value of the kingdom will be doing that this very Wednesday. Amen. All right. Um, I want us to give an offering unto the Lord. They'll, give, they'll put a giving portal on the line. And you want to lift up an offering in case you want to do by tightly. If you want to do electronically, we have five or so ways of doing it electronically. Now, the first one is by tightly. You just text the word give. To the number 833-859-4117. It will take you through the process and then you will give. Now, you can also do by PayPal. Now, you look on your PayPal account. You search for holyhilltn at gmail.com. And then you can give through there. Now, we also do by Cash App and Zelle. So, with Cash App and Zelle, you can use the 720-645-645. 6629 number. Hallelujah. And then, if you want to do by your card, your visa, your, 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 your MasterCard. Now, Minister Jada is right behind there. Very effective. She will help you to do that. And your giving will go through. And then, if you have cash, you can write it. If you have a check, you can write Holy Hill Chapel. If you have cash, there are envelopes around. Please lift it. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to give. Please receive our seed. With all thanksgiving, Jesus blessed and mighty name. Amen. Please drop it with joy. Hallelujah. I believe. If you are living after first service, please lift up your hand. They'll bring you the communion. We take communion every service. God bless you. Thank you so much for being part of our service today. The Lord strengthen and empower you. The Lord honor you. The Lord show himself strong on our behalf and favor our cause in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. All right. If today is your first time, apart from bishop and pastor, let me see your hand up. Today is your first time. I want to recognize you. Oh, wow. Today is your first time. Oh, wow. My goodness. God bless you. Ah. So, what's your name? Angel. 
Angelo. Angel. Angel. Angel, my name is Pastor Nikki. I like you. I want you to be my friend. Let me pray with you. Okay, you are interpreting in Spanish. Ah, that's powerful. My daughter is bilingual. Father, we thank you for the life of Angel. We ask that you preserve and you protect him. And Lord, let your purposes and your plans come to pass in his life. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. LP Shana. Where is LP Shana? All right. Please go with him with Elder and let Elder have a quick word with him. Yeah. Wow. Very soon we'll be preaching in Spanish here. We'll preach and we'll interpret. The Lord bless and keep us. The Lord empower us. The Lord show himself strong on our behalf. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's take our prophetic declaration with long life, full of prosperity and sound health. Shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.